The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoke Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. I have said many times in the past, as recently as this past Friday, that I'm not particularly interested in Stoic metaphysics, and I kind of stay away from Stoic writings that focus or rely heavily on on metaphysical premises from the Stoics. Um, however, today I'd like to provide a counterexample of that. So this is, uh, we're going to read some excerpts on a topic that would appear to be very reliant on Stoic premises that touch upon their metaphysics, but I intend to show that there is still what to be gained from that, even though, even though we differ. That topic is tefillah, prayer. And it's very hard for me to address this without going into a whole discourse on what my understanding of, of tefillah is in Judaism, but I'm going to try to localize it and, and focus on the writings of the Stoics and then branch out to Judaism as, uh, as much as, as necessary without, without <laughs> feeling like I need to give an entire long shear on what Jewish tefillah is. So we're going to start off with an excerpt from Seneca's letter number 67, subtitled on ill health and endurance of suffering. Seneca writes, I should prefer to be free from torture, but if the time comes when it must be endured, I shall, I shall desire that I may conduct myself therein with bravery, honor, and courage. Of course, I prefer that war should not occur, but if war does occur, I shall desire that I may nobly endure the wounds, the starvation, and all that the exigency of war brings. Nor am I so mad as to crave illness, but if I must suffer illness, I shall desire that I may do nothing which shows lack of restraint and nothing that is unmanly. The conclusion is not that hardships are desirable, but that virtue is desirable, which enables us patiently to endure hardships. So this is a, a common theme in the writings of the Stoics, especially in Epictetus, which is that that there are the only true good and evil, according to the Stoics, is is how you use your will. And external things cannot truly be good or evil. Really, it's how you react to those external things which are good and evil. So a person might read this and think, or might hear that idea and think, oh, so does that mean that that Stoics would be totally okay, as equally okay being sick as, as not being sick or being in war as not being in war? So Seneca's addressing that. He's saying, no, obviously he would prefer to, to not have war or sickness or torture. But if those things should come about, then he he hopes and desires to be able to endure them with with uh, tranquility and with with uh, acceptance and uh, to not let them affect his will. So Seneca in that letter then goes on to briefly talk about prayer, but what he says is not so clear, <laughs> in my opinion. And what actually did come to mind was a a uh, a quotation attributed to Bruce Lee. I couldn't track down the original source, but Bruce Lee says, "Do not pray for an easy life." Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. So that, I think, encapsulates what Seneca was saying there, which is that that really we can't control external events and we can't control whether we're going to get into a situation where we're faced with, with these challenges and obstacles, but we can we can aspire to deal with what comes our way in in the in the best way possible. So I was I, I wanted to look into this a little bit more and see what the other Stoics say about this and whether they address the this concept in relation to prayer explicitly. And I found an excerpt from Marcus Aurelius in Book Nine, Chapter Forty of Meditations, where he writes as follows: The gods are either powerless or powerful. If then they are powerless, why do you pray? 
If they have power, why do you not pray to, to them to grant you the ability neither to fear any of these things nor to desire them, nor to be distressed by them, rather than praying that some of them should fall to you and others not? For surely, if the gods have any power to help human beings, they can help them in this. But perhaps you will object. They have placed this in my own power. Well then, would it not be better to make use of what lies within your power as suits a free man rather than to strain for what lies beyond it in a slavish and abject fashion? In any case, who told you that the gods do not assist us even in things that lie within our power? Begin at least to pray so, and you will see. That man prays, may I come to sleep with that woman, but you, may I not desire to sleep with her. Another prays, may I be rid of this man, but you, may I no longer wish to be rid of him. Or another, may I not lose my little child, but you, may I not be afraid of losing him. In a word, turn your prayers round in such a way and see what comes of it. <laughs> so... So this is giving some advice that really, to my mind, strikes at the core of the Jewish idea of tefillah. Obviously, we di we I, I can't say we differ from the Stoics because I don't really know what their views are on divine providence, but we certainly maintain that God can intervene in the laws of nature. And when we ask for things from Hashem, then we that's that's kind of the one of the major premises of tefillah that tefillah can be answered. You know that God can actually um, intervene and change things. However. I think that that aspect of tefillah is is too much of a focus in in most people's minds. In other words, I think for many people, then tefillah is a matter of like you know almost like making wishes from a genie. You know, like just asking God to give you stuff or to remove stuff uh, from your life. But according to my understanding, the 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 foundation of tefillah really is is not so much getting God to do what you want, but aligning your own your own desires with God's will. And I apply this Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, chapter 2, Mishnah 4. Uh, I, I like applying this to tefillah, even though uh, the Mavarshim don't exactly agree. So the, the Mishnah says, Huhai Omer, Asei Ritzono Kirtzonecha, Kideshi Asei Ritzonecha Kirtzono, which means make his will, meaning God's will, like your will, so that he will enact your will like his will. And then, batel nullify your will in the face of his will, so that he will nullify the will of others in the face of your will. So, again, not going to go into that in depth, but the idea being that what we're striving to do is is to use tefillah to align our will with Hashem's will, and when we do that, then we'll find that he fulfills our desires because by definition, our desires are in line with his will. And the closest statement in the writings of Epictetus to that is in the Enchiridion, the handbook, chapter eight, where he says, do not demand that things should happen just as you wish, but wish them to happen just as they do and all will be well. And what Marcus Aurelius is basically saying uh, in that in that excerpt there is that that's how we should use tefillah. He's he, Marcus really is acknowledging that that God has the power to change things, but what he's suggesting is that we focus on on asking God to help us change our own internal reactions to things, even though that's in our power. But but as he says, you know, God can help us with what is in our power as well. Um, but he's 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 suggesting that we use tefillah as a means to to align our our desires with Hashem's will and be able to accept whatever comes our way. Uh, later on, uh, not later on, in a different book in the uh, discourses, uh, this is discourses one, six, um, 
subsection 37, I guess. Epictetus uh, has a little sample prayer here. He says, bring on me now, God, whatever difficulty you will, for I have the means and the resources granted to me by you to bring honor to myself through whatever may come to pass. Again, another emphasis uh, here on not so much asking God to change external things, but really surrendering yourself to saying to God, bring upon me whatever is in line with your will. And then recognizing that how I deal with it is really the only thing I have control over and asking God to help you to, to help you to, uh, uh, to gain mastery over that, over, over your own reactions to things. And, and again, Marcus really says, you know, even though your own reaction to things is in your own power, he says, God can certainly help with that. And I think the greatest example of that in our tefillah is when we ask Hashem to, uh, to help us to do tshuva, you know, tshuva is an act of free will, but we, we recognize that so much of our ability to engage in the tshuva process is dependent on factors outside of our control. And when we say, you know, in, in the positive, Hashivin Hashem Eilecha Venashuva, return us, Hashem, to you, and we will, sorry, Hashivin Hashem Eilecha, return us to you, Venashuva, and we will return. Yeah, yeah, okay, that, that's the phrase, right? So we, we're asking Hashem to assist us in getting to a state where we can engage in tshuva, and then we will return to Him. Uh, last point was not clear, but I'm not going to go ahead and re-record this entire episode. So uh, something to think about. I was just using it as an example of um, of where we are are asking for Hashem for something that seemingly is entirely within our control, but we realize that being in the mental state to be able to exercise our free will is something that is not in our control, and, and we're asking Hashem for assistance in that regard. Okay, again, this is a b- big topic, and uh, I, I guess I kind of just wanted to introduce it, not to give a full discourse on it, and I'm going to stop here, because uh, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot more that could be said, but I don't want this episode to drag on. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.